Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to human suffering, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Gonna build a summer camp for kids where nothing could possibly go wrong. Where do you ask? At Skeleton Lake, of course. I'm Adam. I mean, what's really more important? World record or healthy bones? I'm Andy. Hail, God's way of saying, stop killing people or I'll kill all your people. I'm Kelly. Hail yeah, we did. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about hail. To the king! (laughs) This is specifically small balls of ice what fall from the sky. I thought it was appropriate, given the uh, polar vortex is blasting everyone with ice. Well, they say it's a snowmageddon, but I like to think of it as a snowtopia. (laughs) (laughs) So for a long time, hail had a G in it. Old English haggle, Proto-Germanic hagles, Old Norse haggle... (laughs) And at some point, I guess we decided the G wasn't necessary. But it makes it so much more fun. Yeah. Hackles fall from the sky. <laughs> it's thought that this goes all the way back to Proto-Indo-European Kagolo, which means pebble. Okay. I think they fundamentally misunderstood what was happening then. <laughs> yeah. It's like these pebbles evaporate. <laughs> So there is a fear of hail. It's grandophobia from Latin grando, meaning hail. The amazing amazing grando. (laughs) (laughs) So this is typically more common in children, usually resulting from getting clocked in the head by an ice ball what fell from the sky. Sure. I mean, that's that's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be out in the hail either. (laughs) Yeah. So hail is formed in very specific conditions where there are freezing temperatures really high up, not freezing temperatures less high up, and really strong updrafts. Liquid water is blown up into the freezing zone where it turns into an ice ball. The ice ball tumbles back down, gets wet, and is blown up again. This repeats until the ice ball is too heavy to be blown up anymore, and then it falls to the ground. Hmm. And that is how hail is formed. So as a result, if you cut hail in half, it looks like a gobstopper. It's just got rings going all the way down. And it's delicious. I thought it was the angels dumping their ice chest after the big game. (laughs) (laughs) So we're on to our acid pop quiz. True or false? There are more dangerous hailstorms every year than tornadoes. Well, I'll say true. I guess so. More as in number or in volume of danger? Uh, both. Mm, false. So this is true by about five to one. Wow. wow. Yep. In the U.S., the U.S. at least, there are roughly 5,000 dangerous hailstorms and 1,000 tornadoes each year, which is a lot. Yeah. But the hailstorm isn't going to, like, throw your truck into a tree that's very true are there places that these are more likely to happen like the dangerous ones at least uh we'll get into that a little bit so true or false hail can kill people yes that seems likely yep this is definitely true we'll get into some stories about that a little later so true or false hail mostly forms near the coast uh that seems false to me i don't know 
This could be one of those half true ones where the most dangerous hail is near the coast. <laughs> like you might get more of like a, a warm updraft near the ocean. This seems like a middle of the country thing to me. I'm going to say false. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I've seen more hail away from the coast. Yep, you guys got it. This is false. Hail mostly forms in the interior of continents where there are more drastic temperature swings. So think Tornado Alley. Coastal and tropical areas only get hail if there's a nearby mountain that's tall enough. Yeah. So true or false, hail storms occur mainly in winter. That's, I think it'd be summer. That's usually when I see it. Yeah, I'm going to say false. Yep, you guys got it. This is also false. Uh, As I mentioned, there has to be liquid water in the air for hail to form. So if it's too cold, hail can't build up. So hail is mostly a summer phenomenon. Isn't snow just really fluffy hail? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. In the 1950s, it was believed that getting trace amounts of silver iodide into the atmosphere, whether by airplane or by rocket, would reduce the severity of hail storms. True or false, this works. Ah, man, it's raining silver. Well, I'm pretty sure that's an actual thing for cloud seeding. Like, it would make it rain, but I don't know if that would reduce... (laughs) They throw money into the storm. (laughs) I don't know if that would reduce hail. Um, I'm going to say it's false. I mean, if it worked, wouldn't we use it? Hmm. I'm going to say false. False. So strange as it sounds, this seems to be true. Yeah. A group of atmospheric scientists in France took a look at the data and their findings suggest that areas where they use silver nitrate see a 50% reduction in severe hailstorms. So it doesn't happen very much in the U.S., but other countries do use silver nitrate to prevent hailstorms. Now, be honest with us, Mr. Frenchman. Were you trying to blow up a cloud with a rocket? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't even know. Well, I think they did use it. It's strange, but they actually use this a lot in wine growing country because Mm. hail will just demolish (laughs) a field of grapes and it doesn't have to be very big. Like, so that's where they they use silver nitrate more. That makes sense. And then all the grapes taste like silver. (laughs) Ooh, they can charge more. Yeah. So we're on to our fill in the blank. How fast can a hailstone hit the ground? Real fast. <laughs> Correct. Terminal velocity. Yeah, but that's different depending on what <laughs> what's falling. As fast as a as a good fastball, ninety six miles per hour. Hmm. Uh, one hundred and fifty. So like rookie of the year style fastball. Yeah, like them them's is big. I'm gonna go low. Seventy miles per hour. Hmm. Well, Andy was remarkably close. It's up to a hundred miles an hour or one hundred and sixty kilometers per hour. I meant kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> Distressingly, the larger they are, the faster they fall. Makes sense. (laughs) I guess. So how big was the largest hailstone ever found and measured? It was the size of a mastiff. (laughs) (laughs) The size and shape of a mastiff. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say football sized. Mm. However big that is. Kelly's making circles with her hands. (laughs) I'm trying to like think in inches, but I don't know how long my hand is or anything. So basically, I'm just gesturing at the air. About that big. Um, I'm going to say orange sized. Hmm. So in July of 2010 in South Dakota, during a particularly nasty storm, a hailstone was found that was seven and a half inches or 20 centimeters across and weighed two pounds or 0.88 kilograms. No, thank you. Uh, That's a bit smaller than a bowling ball. (laughs) Or a really large orange. (laughs) (laughs) A prize winning orange. Yeah, I'm going to give that one to Adam. Footballs and small bowling balls are probably pretty close. Yeah, I feel like those are pretty close. So this landed in a guy's lawn and he stuck it in the freezer until it could be officially measured smart man 
<laughs> yeah, it's estimated that its impact with the guy's house and its time on the lawn before it got stuck in the freezer may have reduced its size by 40%. Wow. What? Yeah. Was he on vacation or something? He didn't want to run out there if those things were falling. <laughs> I guess that's that's a good point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I really want that world record, but he pulls out an umbrella. <laughs> this should work. Just sees the Guinness Book of World Records shimmering out on his lawn. <laughs> As, as a bead of water drips down the side and goes down his forehead at the same time. So earlier I mentioned that there are roughly 5,000 severe hailstorms in the U.S. each year. How big does hail have to be to be considered severe? I'm going to say golf ball. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Probably a little smaller than that, though. Like an inch across? Yeah, you guys are right in there. So the general yeah. rule around the world is one inch or 2.5 centimeter ice ball is what we count as severe. So that's a little bit smaller than a golf ball. It's about the size of a ping pong ball. Or exactly one inch, which is what I said. <laughs> yeah. So how long do hailstorms typically last? Anytime we get a hailstorm here, it's not very big, but we're we're not like severe territory. Yeah. I'm going to say seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Got to kiss that storm. I feel like I've seen them go on like 20 minutes, but I don't know if it just feels like they're long. But I'm going to say 20 minutes. 10 minutes. Hey, you guys are pretty close there. It's about 15 minutes. Wow, guys, we're really good at hailstorms. Yeah, <laughs> you guys got it. So keep that in mind when we discuss some of the repercussions from the storms in our stories. We're on to our terms. What is graupel? Graupel. Uh, that is a traditional midwestern fish stew <laughs> and what does this have to do with hail if it's hailing it will break your crock pot you can't make this stew. <laughs> say it tastes really good with an ice ball floating in it that's like hail shrapnel like when it <laughs> when it hits something so hard all the bits that fly out <gasps> yeah and you get some lodged in you and then it just melts into water and it turns into the perfect crime oh, no. <laughs> you know how there's like meteors and meteorites mm-hmm Growl is hail once it's hit the ground. Ah, okay. I thought it was going to be like stalactites and stalagmites, and grapple is the, the hail that comes up from the ground. This <laughs> <laughs> is Super Saiyan powering up. <laughs> so, hail is an ice ball with several layers, like a boring gobstopper. Growl is a single layer ice ball. So, this is what happens when it's freezing top to bottom, so there's no part of the cloud with liquid water to form new layers. So, Grapple is just like, you know, BB-sized pellets of ice that fall from the sky. Okay. What's a Megocryo meteor? <laughs> That's what that guy found in his front yard. <laughs> <laughs> Megocryo meteor is my new spec script for the Sci-Fi Channel trademark trademark. <laughs> it's a D&D &D spell. Or Final Fantasy. What's it do? Summons hail. <laughs> Ow. Hey, quit it. Ow. Nobody wants to fight anymore. They got to get indoors. <laughs> So this is also not hail. These are just big-ass hunks of ice that fall from the sky. Sounds scary. <laughs> well, hailstones are big, but these, I feel, qualify as huge. One in Brazil weighed 400 pounds, what? or 180 kilograms. No. Some fell in Scotland that were over six feet, or two meters across. How does this happen? Dave, that's my mastiff. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself. Well, there's several theories, but no one really knows where these come from. Sean, I'm scared. <laughs> there was a theory about leaky airplane toilets, but these have happened <laughs> since before they had airplanes. So it's clearly not that. Time traveling airplanes? <laughs> I'll get into these a little bit later, but yeah. Could it be like ice meteors or something? <laughs> it's when an entire cloud flash freezes. <laughs> 
thud. <laughs> yeah. The ice man skated through and then his bridge is collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> He's come to save us. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, did somebody hear Arnold Schwarzenegger? Watch your heads. <laughs> Surprised we haven't made any Arnold Schwarzenegger jokes yet. Stay cool. <laughs> Does he ever make hail jokes like hail to the king? I, I don't know. <laughs> so what is rhyme? That's R-I-M-E. It's a mediocre game for the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> That's like the outer layer of a hailstone. Mm. It's when hail hits something that sounds like hail. Like when, when hail hits my pail, that's a rhyme. <laughs> oh, there's hail in the pail. <laughs> so this is, again, not hail. There's lots of videos online showing when someone hits a beer bottle they took out of the freezer and the beer inside freezes when it's hit. Yeah. This is due to something called super cooling. The thing is, water doesn't form ice all that well by itself. It needs something to latch onto to get the reaction going. So the beer is cold enough to freeze, but it has nothing to freeze to. The bottle's too slick to freeze to. When it's hit, a bubble can form, which is enough to get the ice started. Rime is basically when super cooled rain or fog hits anything and freezes instantly. <laughs> if you've seen pictures online of things coated in ice, this is one of the ways that that can happen. Hmm. So that is called rime. And our last term, what is a hail cannon? Uh, I, I, the name is descriptive. It's a weapon that Mr. Freeze invented. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the hail cannon is when it's hailing and there's tornadoes going on. So the tornadoes <laughs> shoot out the hail Becomes stones. a hail cannon. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> That's whatever they use to seed the clouds with silver nitrate to prevent the hail. Mm. It's the anti-hail cannon. <laughs> it's also what Mega Man gets when he beats Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> Get equipped. <laughs> so you're kind of on the right track there, Kelly. So... In the Middle Ages, it was believed that loud noises could stop the formation of hail. So, hey, hey, don't you hail up there? <laughs> so, when it looked like hail, all the churches in town would ring their bells nonstop and <laughs> cannons were fired into the air. Hopefully, into empty fields. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> pointed the right direction. <laughs> In the 1800s, pseudoscience refined these techniques into hail cannons, which basically look like 20-foot or 6-meter-long horns that fire into the sky every 10 seconds or so. Imagine a cannon blast that tapers off into a gong hit, and that's sort of what these things sound like. Spooks the clouds. It's like one of those air guns that you can shoot people from across the room with. Kinda, yeah. They're big, loud, piss-off neighbors, and according to the few scientists that have even bothered to look into their effectiveness, don't work at all. Yeah, good thing we're finding those techniques, huh? <laughs> These scientists point out that if sound stopped the formation of hail, we would probably never see it as hail forms in thunderstorms. <laughs> and that concludes our acid pop quiz. So we're on to our stories. So let's warm up by talking about hail glaciers. Pardon? I'm listening. These are super rare. Uh, a site I visited found only three occurrences of them in the last 35 years. But here's what happens when events come together just right. So a really, really big supercell forms. A supercell is basically when a really cold front hits a really hot front and the air spirals together really fast. It absorbs Android 17 and 18. <laughs> <laughs> So it forms and it has to basically get stuck and hail for a few hours nonstop. The hail gives way to rain and then the temperature drops, freezing the rain. So this cements all the ice balls together into glaciers. <laughs> So in 1994, in Dalhart, Texas, three feet or one meter hail glaciers shut down a major freeway for over three weeks. 
Sorry, folks, there's a glacier here now. <laughs> I wish we had some sort of flame-throwing technology. <laughs> so in 2012 in Dumas, Texas, it hailed so long and hard that cars had to stop driving and were buried up to their wheels in hail. <laughs> <laughs> the rain that followed washed the hail into a gully where it froze, leaving 10-foot or 3-meter hail glaciers. That's awesome. Yeah. But the worst I could find happened in August of 2004 in Clayton, New Mexico, where there were 16-foot or 5-meter hail glaciers that lasted for nearly a month. And again, this was in August. I was going to say, imagine how cool that would be to have, like, just a giant mountain of ice, like, in the middle of summer. Yeah. So enough hail to take a month to melt in summer is a lot of ice. And on our site, we'll link to some of the pictures of these. And they look fake. Like, <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I feel like I could use this for some phony medicine. Yeah. Like hail glaciers are really good for, I don't know, diphtheria. <laughs> Gout. <laughs> You'd have to harvest a lot of it real fast because like I said, these only happen like once every dozen years or so. Well, yeah, that's that's how you can. Yeah. People can't disprove me. Exactly. I'll, just, I'll just give them regular <laughs> old ice that I tell them it came from the glacier. You just have a bunch of small vials of water that you say you got from the last one. Yeah. <laughs> We've got climate change. He'll probably be happening more often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll get your chance. So I also wanted to talk a little bit more about megocryometeors before we really got into hail. Who doesn't? Yeah. So a Spanish geologist named Jesus Martinez Fries has been looking into these, but as the world's foremost expert on them, he has more questions than answers. That's <laughs> not what you want in an expert. Yeah. Well, in 10 years, he found over 50 reports of megocryometeors. I mentioned the 400 pounder in Brazil, and that one went through the roof of a Mercedes Benz factory. Of course it did. <laughs> but there was another in Oakland, California that weighed 200 pounds or 60 kilograms and made a three foot or one meter deep crater. <laughs> another one in Chicago that was about the same size went through the roof of a house. Jesus has gotten a hold of samples of these and has been testing theories. Theory 1. Leaky airplane toilets. He checked the water for any signs of urine, feces, or disinfectant solution and found nothing. Uh -huh. Theory 2. Rain freezes to some part of a plane until it's too big to hang on and falls off. Okay. He checked all the flight records anywhere close to the impact sites. Nothing. I feel like you'd be in the plane and just start listing real heavy to one side. <laughs> yeah. 400 pounds on the wings. <laughs> yeah. So that basically shoots down theories one and two. Theory three, ice from a meteor. They ice forms crystals differently in different conditions. Ice that forms in space has a documented structure, and Jesus didn't mm -hmm. find any of that in the samples that he got a hold of. It's all floaty. Yeah. So he doesn't know what does it, but they do have rings like hail. Hmm. And I'm really curious of what ice in space looks like. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it just looks like ice. But if you look at it under a microscope, right. I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's like ice one, two up to like, I don't even know, like ice 30, depending on how it freezes. They're always covering new kinds of ice. Uh, ice 30 is my new soft drink, trademark. <laughs> So he has come up with some scenarios that could have formed these, but getting a ball of ice 400 pounds to form in the sky on a clear day is not easy to model. So to say the least, more research is needed. Has he investigated whether any deities were offended around the impact sites? <laughs> he did look into these being like some sort of hoax or a prank, but he basically just went like, how, how could someone do this? I've got a big cargo plane, an ice maker, and a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> I've got a warrant out for a Ymir. <laughs> I was trying to think of some sort of ice guy. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about deadly hailstorms. But first, before we did that, I wanted to talk about the most expensive hailstorm to date. 
As I mentioned, hailstorms typically don't last more than 15 minutes, but the storm on April 10th of 2001 went on for long enough to hit three states. It started out in Kansas, went all the way across Missouri, and petered out 245 miles or 400 kilometers later in Illinois. It wouldn't have been a big deal if it was in the tri-state area. (laughs) Technically, it was three separate storms chained together, but only a meteorologist would have been able to spot that. So this storm was nasty with 70 mile per hour or 110 kilometer per hour winds, a couple of tornadoes, but what hit the hardest was the hail. With hail as large as 3 inches or 7.5 centimeters, houses and cars were battered into uselessness. <laughs> In Missouri alone, there were insurance claims on 8,000 commercial spaces, 65,000 auto claims, and 120,000 home claims. Wow. Well, let's just call it an act of God then and be able to deny all of those. (laughs) Every car at a Ford assembly plant in Hazelwood was damaged, a few hundred in total. (laughs) Oops. 24 commercial and military aircraft were hit at Lambert St. Louis Airport. It's estimated that nearly every home in Florissant was damaged. Every home. Every home. (laughs) The the one guy who didn't get his house damaged is just sitting pretty. (laughs) In the aftermath, it's estimated that there were $12 million in damage from the small tornadoes, but the total damage was over a billion dollars. Wow. So the other $980 million or so was from hail. Sky ice, not nice. Yeah. (laughs) And that was the most expensive hailstorm that ever hit the U.S. Yeah, that sounds like a real bummer. <laughs> but I like at the same time, you're looking across the street like, hey, your car get fucked up too. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You all have something to talk about at work the next day. <laughs> I seem to remember seeing a video recently of a guy like wearing a, a soda box on his head and like frantically putting like cardboard sheets over his car to protect it from hail. <laughs> so as I usually do, I ordered these in terms of casualties. So we'll move up from the bottom here. 2001 and 2012 were rough years for farmers in New Delhi, India. There was a two-year-long drought, meaning that farmers were stretched to make it through. Many took out loans and prayed for the rain to come. Things were looking good at the end of 2012, though, and India's agricultural secretary predicted that 2013 would be record-setting year for wheat crops, plus lots of chickpeas and canola. Woo! Nice canola. <laughs> Liquid gold. <laughs> These crops do most of their growing in winter and can be harvested in early spring. In March of 2013, just a few weeks before the crops were ready, the rain finally came, though it was a lot harder than the farmers were hoping for. (laughs) For over two weeks, the whole area was battered with hail. Stop praying. (laughs) Of the region's roughly 62 million hectares of winter crops, 18 million were devastated by hail. And over 2,000 sheep, goats, and donkeys were killed by hailstones, along with another 500 heads of cattle. Bring them inside, for God's sake. (laughs) If only there wasn't inside. There are government programs to try and repay farmers for their losses, but at a start, these programs only pay out a fraction of the actual value, and since the crops were bad for a couple of years, those funds were even more sparse than normal. Oof. One farmer named Rekha Garol was desperate to get these crops. In 2012, he took out a loan to try and make it to spring, but his crops were destroyed by the hail. After his constant petitions to the government went unanswered, he killed himself, since he knew he couldn't pay back his 90,000 rupal or $1,500 debt. Can we blame this on the hail, though? (laughs) But yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. Feeling like you had to commit suicide over 1500 bucks. 
Yeah, I want thousands and thousands of cattle and all that stuff dead is not not great. No. And uh, I didn't go into this, but it actually sort of like collapsed the stock market for wheat and uh, chickpeas because <laughs> they were all counting on those crops. The way the whole uh, farm loans thing works is sort of weird and terrifying because it's always betting on the future. You're always taking yeah. out loans against crops you don't have yet. So in 1942 in Rupkund, India, it's World War II and some British troops are hiking through the mountains looking for Japanese soldiers when they find a small lake at about 16,000 feet or five kilometers above sea level. While hiking around it, they found some skeletons. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, more than some. The more they looked, the more they found. And as springs came on, the skeletons piled up. Stop looking, please. <laughs> if we don't look for skeletons, there won't be any. <laughs> they assumed they were the bodies of Japanese soldiers who had died of exposure while trying to sneak into India. I don't think they become skeletonized so fast, though. <laughs> <laughs> Must be those mountain piranhas I've heard about. Oh, <laughs> we scared them so bad they jumped right out of their skin. <laughs> But they called in some scientists to be sure. By the time the scientists got there, the British troops had found over 200 skeletons. Jeez. The scientists took a look and said that they were way too old to be Japanese soldiers. They didn't know where they came from or what killed them. People speculated on these strange skeletons for years, and the lake was dubbed Skeleton Lake. Fair. Awesome. <laughs> but it wasn't until 2004, almost 60 years later, when the bones were analyzed thoroughly and were found to be from around 850 AD. And they all died the same way. Massive head trauma. <laughs> Football. <laughs> Turns out that there's a local folk song about some travelers who were trying to sneak through the mountains when an angry mountain goddess got pissed and threw hailstones at them. <laughs> With great accuracy, apparently. <laughs> the scientists decided that these were the people the song was about, and the hail that hit them must have been the size of cricket balls. <laughs> With nowhere to find shelter, every last traveler was killed in the storm. Dang, the hell did they do to that goddess? <laughs> I don't know. Just walking around, flipping off the sky. <laughs> yeah, you like that? I'd love to see her try something. So our next story is a bit of a step up, but that also took place in India, specifically in Moradabad, India in 1888. A lot of Indian hail. What the heck, India? Yeah. There's not many details about this one, but here's what I could find. Moradabad is a farming community, and everybody was out working on April 30th when clouds rolled in so dense that it looked like it was the middle of the night. <laughs> Once the sky had gone black, winds strong enough to topple houses began to blow, and hail the size of oranges shot out of the sky. Good sentences never start with, once the skies had gone black. <laughs> People who were caught out in the storm tried to make a run for it, but they didn't get far. As the skies cleared, there were piles of hail two feet or 0.6 meters deep. You should never run from hail. Like the hunting instincts kick in. Yeah. <laughs> 246 people were killed and thousands more farm animals. Wow. And that is the... Uh, if you like were to go to Guinness and look up deadliest hailstorm, that's the one that would come up because it was pretty well documented. But our final story here may beat that one, but it's uh, a little older and a little more anecdotal. And I, I can't even imagine like, oh, shit, those are some big ass clouds. All of a sudden you hear thump, <laughs> thump, thump. <laughs> oh, thump. What was that? <laughs> Something breaks your leg. <laughs> 
So lastly, let's talk briefly about the Hundred Years' War. So this was a conflict between England and France that started when King Charles IV of France died in 1328. His closest living relative was the up-and-coming young King Edward III of England, who was Charles's nephew. A bunch of French aristocrat aristocrats not thrilled <laughs> to answering to an English king cried foul since Edward was the son of Isabella, Charles's sister. Since she couldn't be king, they argued that Edward couldn't be either since he was her son. <laughs> he has to be queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, I guess. <laughs> so they opted for Philip VI, who was Charles's cousin. So what followed was basically the opening to a game of risk as England and France claimed territories across France until there were no free spaces left. Then England rolled the dice and started trying to take territories by force. Now, this dispute wasn't completely settled until 1453, well over 100 years later, but there was a break in the middle there of about 40 years. And here's what happened to cause the ceasefire. In April of 1360, Edward III's strategy of killing and burning everything he saw was working extremely well against the French strategy <laughs> of running away and giving the English the bird. <laughs> <laughs> Edward, a pack of his heavy hitters like Prince of Wales and about 10,000 men, had cornered some super important French generals in Paris. The French employed the cunning strategy of locking the gates, sticking their fingers in their ears, and going, la la la, we can't hear you, la la la. <laughs> and Edward was all, well, no food's getting in there while we're here, so we've got supply lines, so you can either come out and fight or starve to death. Or surrender. You can always surrender. Yeah. After a few days of parking on the lawn, the troops were sleeping in their tents when the air suddenly went cold. What followed was a brutal hailstorm. The French had found their wizards. Yeah. <laughs> tents were ripped apart. Men were struck dead as they ran for cover that didn't exist. Some men jumped on horseback and made a break for it. The horses were killed, followed shortly by their riders. A couple of people were even struck by lightning. <laughs> Just for effect. I was going to say, put on your armor, but I guess you attract the lightning. <laughs> That's a good idea, putting on your armor in a hailstorm. <laughs> so he went deaf. <laughs> so Edward survived, but several of his top generals, along with 1,000 soldiers and 6,000 horses, were killed. Edward decided that it must be God telling him to get the hell out of France. Knock it off. <laughs> he rode up to the nearest church, knelt in front of it, and uttered a vow of peace. A month later, the Treaty of Bretagne was signed, pausing the Hundred Years' War for a few decades. The day of the hailstorm was called Black Monday. Awesome. Nice. And that may be the deadliest hailstorm in history. Knock it off, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last of the stories that I had. Anybody have any good personal hail stories? We don't get like extreme hail here. We had a like quarter sized hail one. Like I was driving to the pet store and could not get out of my car. Yeah. But it only lasted like three minutes. And I, I was sitting there going, oh God, I'm going to get out of this thing and my paint's going to be all chipped. Everything was fine. That's good. Yeah. I've never been in any hail that's really damaged anything. Yeah. I've never been injured by hail, but we were in some nasty hail storms when we lived in Chicago. Yeah. Bad enough that you had to pull over to the side of the road sort of thing. Oh. Yeah, they're generally over pretty quick. Yeah, same thing. Like, sometimes it was bad, but never anything that, like, might knock a few branches off some trees, but didn't break any windows or anything. But uh, recently, I went down to Texas because my cousin was graduating from high school. Uh, or no, she was graduating from college, not high school. Sorry. And 
I guess just before I got there, there was like a huge nasty hailstorm, and my uncle was working with some insurance people to get his roof repaired because the hail had damaged his roof. And I thought that was weird, but then driving around the neighborhood, like every third billboard was about who to call in the event that your roof gets damaged by hail. Like, <laughs> I guess it's just every summer, everybody gets a brand new roof in that neighborhood. Oh, that's not the worst thing, roof, I guess. Tyler. I guess. Unless like, I mean, I have no idea what their insurance policies must be, but they've got to be expensive because it's not a matter of if, just when. Yeah. I wonder if you can just insure the roof. Yeah. Surely there's something we could make our roofs out of that would be, you know, hail proof. You'd think. Fire. Well, but for every third roof, you get your fourth roof free. <laughs> Punch cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Seattle, it, it hails about once a year, and it's just like, it's not very bad, and it's just like, everyone's like, it's hailing, and we all run outside, run around in it for a little while, well, and go like it. I think we get whatever you were talking about that was like those single-layer hail. Yeah, it might be grovel. Yeah, it's those tiny ones. Yeah. Tink, 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 tink. But there's a lot. Yeah. Coats the car. All right. Well, if nobody has any more personal stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth? I should have got some pictures ready for this to show you, but there's pictures of people that were like out jogging when a hailstorm hit. It looks like they were at the world champion paintball competition, but with no armor on. So we're going to say that it's one of these hailstorms. It's not bad enough to kill you, but it's going to leave you battered and bruised and probably a little bloody as a result. Gonna give you a black eye, and you better not talk about it if you know it's good for you. <laughs> and on the first day, I decided to go jogging. <laughs> it's a sign from God. So, how much to endure fifteen minutes in one of these hailstorms? Uh, fifteen minutes and something is gonna bruise me all over. Yep, that's a long time. But I'm not yep. gonna die. Yeah. We're going to put you somewhere where you can't get to cover. So it's not a matter of like you have to run outside and then force yourself to stand in. You're not going to have any option. I'm 15 minutes from a roof. Yep. I think I just like curl up in a ball and protect my face. Yeah, probably a good strategy. <laughs> I was going to say, if this is like you know sandy maker. terrain, like dig a hole and cover myself. <laughs> I saw an ostrich do this once. <laughs> yeah, Adam's got his head in the sand and his ass is being pelted by hail. <laughs> Seems a small price to pay. Old moon bottom, they call him. <laughs> Give me like fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to die. It's just bruises and maybe maybe a broken finger or two. <laughs> Probably a really bad headache. Yeah. I mean, I can cover my head. I'll get my arms are going to get bruised either way. I don't know. Like, it's not the worst. I guess it's not something I'm necessarily going to need like a hospital stay for. Nah. I'm going to say like twenty thousand for that kind of abuse. <laughs> See, but I hate stinging welts, so that's why we're up there. How many times in this podcast do I have to mention my delicate, delicate <laughs> bones? <laughs> Call it Mr. Glass. I'm telling you, I would break something. It would happen to me. Hollow bones she has, like a bird. <laughs> Only when you slipped and fell. Yeah. Which I could do. I'd be so startled. <laughs> well, and the hail covering the ground is just like spilling marbles everywhere. Yeah, you better not run from it. Kevin McAllister came over and just... <laughs> Ow. Sean's showing me pictures. Oh, no. I'm going to send you guys a link to the past. This is going to make me raise my price, isn't it? Okay. That's about what I was expecting. Yeah, like you said, it looks like paintball injuries. Yeah. <laughs> Protect your head. You'll yeah. be fine. Co- cover your eyes. 75,000. 75? Stick out your tongue. <laughs> Try and catch one. <laughs> <laughs> my teeth. <laughs> I want to take some good time off for this one. <laughs> 
Uh, what was yours, Adam? 20,000? 20. Would I go lower than that? Yeah, I think I probably would. You take so long to heal, though. That's true. But, you know, rubbing all that money on it's going to well, help. I, I was going to say you have to use ice packs made of the hail. Uh, Good thing I brought this baggie. Like cures like. It's <laughs> just holding Ziploc bags to the sky. <laughs> Bring my inside out umbrella. I'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I'll do 15. 15,000. So I get this hail pelting job. <laughs> what an awful job. <laughs> Is this for science or just get out there, kid? <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks to my co-hosts for joining me today. Thanks to Gerard, our awesome editor. And thanks to you for tuning in. If you'd like more information about today's episode, check out our website at acidpoppodcast.podbean.com. You can join us on our subreddit, Acid Pop Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast for updates almost every month. Or you can send us an email at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>